Hey there, this is Carrie Schaefer, also known as author Carrie Ann King, and you are listening to Tell Me Your Secrets, where I get to take you off the page with the people who make the books we all love to read. Tell Me Your Secrets is produced from live stream video and is owned and copyrighted by Authors on the Air, Global Radio Broadcasting Network. Carrie Ann King here with another episode of Tell Me Your Secrets. And I have a fabulous guest today. We're talking to Jewel Selbo about her book, 10 Days. Um, hi, Jewel. Thank you for Hello. joining us. Thank you for having me. Um, before we talk to Jewel anymore, I'm just going to tell you a little bit about the book and then I'm going to have her. Um, tell us all about it. The book is called 10 Days. It is the first in a series and I am excited about that because I love this book and I love a good series with a protagonist that I'm really into, which is definitely the case. Um, I'm going to read you a little blurb here from Jamie Cat Callan, who's the creator of the Writer's Toolbox, the author of Bonjour, Happiness, and French Women Don't Sleep Alone, which is another fabulous title, by the way. Yeah. Oh, she's a wonderful writer. I need to read that. <laughs> so, and her blog is amazing, too. Uh, I'll have to. I've heard her name all over, and I just haven't ever really um, read anything by her, but I think it's time. So here's what Jamie had to say about Jules' new book, 10 Days. Jules Selbo delivers a tense nail biter of a detective story. 10 Days, a D. Rommel mystery has everything including D as the unlikely investigator reminiscent of Jack Nicholson in Chinatown. She's in rehab for a life altering injury. She's got a penchant for drinking and through her seasoned eyes, we see the underbelly of Portland, a cast of quirky and dangerous characters along with a riveting crime story that is so compelling and cinematic. It cries out to be made into a Netflix series. It's that good. Now, you can't come by a better endorsement than that. Yeah, that's so nice. So it really is a, it does read very cinematically. I kept seeing the movie in my mind and that should not be any great surprise because Jewel actually is a screenwriter. And this is something I didn't know. We had talked earlier and I didn't realize you actually are also a professor of screenwriting. Uh, yep. So tell us a little bit about that. Where Where are you professing? Well, right, uh, right now I'm uh, a professor at California State University and I'm teaching online. Um, I've been with Cal State um, for about uh, 12, 15 years now. I was a screenwriter in Hollywood, you know, working at the different studios and networks, but I had started as a playwright. And so a friend of mine was a professor at, at California State University Fullerton and he called me up and he just said, I know that you miss the theater. I know you missed the black box and creating stuff and doing it live. And we're, we're building up our playwriting program in the theater department. And do you think you could give us one night a week and help build up the program? And I was like, oh gosh, that sounds great. So he put my name into the hat and they decided to hire me. And um, so I went down after that, like I was working on television shows and, and um, uh, where you're at the studio from seven in the morning till midnight. And I just put into my, my deals that I could have Thursday night from five to eight off. 
so I could go teach my classes. And they would, they said, okay, okay. And I said, and if we need, if I need to, I'll come back at 8 PM and stay till midnight or one o'clock or whatever, you know, whatever was going on at the studio that needed to be done. And, um, so um, I was doing that and having a lot of fun with young playwrights. And then the film department down at Cal State um, started sending their screenwriting students over to me. And then they said, well, wait a minute, why don't you come over here and teach a class? So I ended up teaching another class for them. And then gradually I became a tenured professor while I was still working in Hollywood. Wow. And, um, and then I got my PhD and, <laughs> and in film history and film. My, my dissertation was in film genre for the screenwriter because I'd just been convinced over my 20 years as a screenwriter that, you know, people use the term genre in tons of different ways. But if a screenwriter, any kind of storyteller looks at the term genre in terms of what the audience expects from it, from a story standpoint, it is so helpful and it's so interesting. If you sit down to write a romantic comedy, there's certain things that the audience expects. Right. So you want to give that to them and then give them something else so that it's fresh and new and stuff. But so what do you think the audience expects from a thriller? So you sit down to write, well, okay, it's part thriller. It's more, it's almost, it's police procedural, it's thriller, it's mystery. It kind of is all of those things together. Yeah. I think this this book, 10 Days, um, here it is. Yes, show us about um, yeah. <laughs> Here it is. Um, is I think what, I would put it under a crime mystery um, because she's pretty much into it as an investigator and there's clues and she has to put them all together. It's still a puzzle. Um, and, um, but it's a, it's, it's a puzzle that she kind of understands to me, a thriller is when somebody is like, you know, on a highway and they stop in San Diego and they go to a gift shop and they pick up something and then they cross the border into Mexico and they don't realize that the bad guys are after them because right. of what they picked up which they had hid microfilm, you know, taking from North by Northwest or something like that in there. And, um, um, and so not a thriller, the character is also trying to figure out why me, why is it, why, what, what is, how did I get involved in right. this? Right. Right. So and D um, knows, D knows. <laughs> D knows with the thriller kind of aspects and I don't want to give anything away. She kind of, yeah. she knows. So as a reader and, and a watcher, I'm thinking both of, of screen and reading when I'm reading a mystery, one of the things that I absolutely love that makes a good mystery for me is the protagonist. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. is that something that is known in the genre as a expectation, you know, that you would have, well, um, uh, there can be obviously crime mysteries where it's very almost like law and order. You never really get to know those people. Um, they, you know, but law and order has been on for like 500 million years, right? And we still don't know very much about the investigators' personal lives. So you can go that route. I don't find it as personally interesting because I want to know. I want the, the character to be three-dimensional right? so that they have uh, emotional and psychological and physical and philosophical things going on that are either going to help or harm them on their journey to solve the mystery. Right. And, well, which um, you certainly did with D. So do you want to tell um, our listeners a little bit about D. Rommel? I love her. She's, she's so just... Good. 
vulnerable and strong and brave and gutsy and all the things, you know, rooting for her from day one for me. Yeah, she's um, she was a policewoman. Uh, she is a policewoman um, at the Portland Police Department in Maine. And um, she um, uh, suffered an on-the-job injury where she lost the bottom half of her left leg. So now she is um, having, she's getting used to wearing her prosthetics and, um, and a new body. She was a very, she's very active. She's strong, like you said, she's athlete. And now there's things that she just can't do. Um, and so she's always pushing herself. She wants to be stronger than she was before the uh, injury. And at the same time, um, just from her family background and, you know, in Maine, there's some really, there's Maine, you just, it's just, there's just a great toughness with people in Maine because the seasons are grueling. Um, just life is just there. Everyone's outdoors as much as they can be. And so she's a real Maine kind of character, but she's got a big chip on her shoulder. She doesn't take guff from anyone. And when I was writing her, I kept thinking, I have three brothers and I have a lot of guy friends. And when guy friends are around each other, it's, it's they can kid each other, jab each other, criticize each other, you know, say exactly what's on their mind. And nobody really takes much offense. Right. Whereas women, we're yeah. just a little bit more sensitive and, oh, I can't believe you said that, you know? And I wanted her to have that more, um, straightforward dealing. Just tell the truth. This is what's going on, and let's just deal with it. Right. Kind of thing about her, which sometimes gets her in trouble. <laughs> yeah. um, so set the book up for us a little bit. What is the you know at the beginning? And of course, we're not giving any spoilers away. What's the mystery that presents itself to D? Well, um, uh, D um, is on medical leave from the police department. She's being a bookkeeper for her godfather. Um, and he's a private investigator in town. And Gordy is out of town for a particular thing that he needs to do. And one of the people that grew up with him um, in the neighborhood when they were kids, who has become kind of a tech um, entrepreneur, very, very successful, comes to the office and says, Gordy says, you'll help me. My daughter's missing. And she said, oh, no, 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 no. I'm just a bookkeeper. And, um, and, you know, things happen. She needs money for a new car. He does, it does kind of intrigue her. She is a puzzle solver and she's real smart. And so she gets talked into helping find this man's daughter. And uh, it turns out that the daughter said, I'm getting married June 22nd, Shabig. And Dee is saying, well, I don't understand. I mean, let her get married. She, you know, this could be a romance, you know? And he goes, no, when, when she was growing up, we used to spend time on Shabig Island, which is a fabulous, beautiful island right off the coast of Portland here. And, um, and when she was growing up, we made a pact with each other that if she ever needed me, she was ever in trouble to just get that word to me. Right. So he said, she's never had a boyfriend. I don't know why she would be getting married. And she's saying Shabig. Right. So that's one story. And then at the same time, um, the bad boy in town, um, who uh, uh, Billy Payer has just gotten out, gotten out of prison and he's a violent, egocentric, handsome, 
jerk narcissistic bad word to follow <laughs> and um and uh her one of her good friends uh just has never been able to get over him she thinks that she can change him and bad things happen to her and she, and d is determined to find justice for her friend right. and bring pilly payer down no matter what <laughs> So there's really two um, interwoven stories going on. There's a lot of character development. I, I do have to ask you uh, a couple of questions about research. So it's always fascinating to me, the things we get into as writers when we're trying to write the book. So one was about the prosthetics, because I really felt like I was inside this woman's body dealing with this multitude of prosthetics she doesn't only have one yes. so how did you did you talk to somebody did you just research online how did you manage to do uh, that so beautifully well um well thanks i um i did a lot of research online um there's two really good clinics here in town um that help people um when they they have an amputated limb so i would go over there and and talk to them and then i met a gentleman in my neighborhood who because of a cancer um, thing um, lost, uh, uh, he has an above the knee amputation. Mm -hmm. And um, so there's the below the knee and above the knee and there's different things that problems or challenges that come from that. And so his name is John Lemieux and he's just a fabulous guy. He was a basketball coach, big basketball player in college and then a basketball coach and, and um, he just put, he, you know, it was a three or four year trial that he had to go through to get to where he is today. But now he's playing golf and there's some things he still can't do. Like I play pickleball and sometimes he'll try to come out and play pickleball, but, um, and he does it fine because he's so athletic, but there's certain things like going backwards and twisting at, you know, that are, he just are uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So we we discussed a lot about um the mental and physical and emotional things that people have to go through and then he read the manuscript and you know gave me a few suggestions but he said how did you right. figure did all you this stuff that? out because as a writer and you know because you're a fabulous writer it's um you become your protagonist yeah. and so i i put d in this situation and i'd go okay well she's got to deal with it how would I deal with it right. if I, you know, and then, um, and obviously there's so many wonderful people on YouTube who are just so open and um, uh, really are there to help other people with right. these challenges too. Right. Well, it's just, it's beautifully done. And so I'm always, I love when that happens. And it's kind of almost a little bit magic. I think sometimes as a writer, when you just kind of put yourself in your character and they tell you and then you write it. So that that was uh, one of the things I loved about her. And I have to say, I do love a good series like this starting with a female protagonist because um, most of my favorites that I've loved over the years, Jonathan Kellerman books, um, I love the uh, Jack Reacher series. It's it's really fun to have a, a woman in this role. So so that's really cool. Another thing that I have to say was just fascinating and it's very timely. This this book involves high tech and people that work in tech, including the social media people. And um, 
I read the book just as everything blew up with Facebook this week. So I found that just a fascinating layer of, of extra interest. So just for interest's sake, I noted as I was reading that the social media uh, platforms that the people were using were called Friendline and Flitter and, and a few other things that were close to what we know, but not quite. So I was curious about your decision to um, alter the names of what are probably platforms that we're all using on a regular basis. Well, um, yeah, because I personally, um, and Dee is struggling with it in the book, is, um, you know, what have we given up uh, privacy-wise yeah. for convenience? And sometimes uh, the social media can be used to, for good purposes and sometimes for very evil and destructive purposes. Mm -hmm. So I, I knew I was going to be like, um, uh, you know, looking at that in a certain way. And I also didn't wanna, I, I just kind of wanted to call it something different, but something that people would know what it was. Right. Yeah. Because I was using it in the book for special purposes. Right. And, um, uh, and also it's, since it is ongoing, uh, it's, it's interesting because in the book, D um, is pretty much, I, you know, this is not the way relationships should be built. This is not the way communication should be had, but at the same time, it helps so much as a private investigator. Right. And, and, you know, and sometimes the bad guys, you know, they're not so smart and they, right. They'll put something on, you know, it's, it's so crazy that, um, uh, it, you know, people want to be out there, but then when it is out there and it comes back at them, they go, well, wait a minute. Right. That's not fair. Right. Well, and it was really fascinating to me because you did bring out some really interesting ethical issues um, from the character's point of view. And so are those things real that there is a... Um, sort of an overseeing there there was I'm trying to remember there was like people who talked about this ethical issue about artificial intelligence and what should be allowed and what should not is that a, a legit organization or something that you made up for the book well I don't know about the ex organization but yes everything is legit in there yeah and 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 when I was doing my research I was like going oh come on nobody would agree to that right because, but there are you know, companies that say, yeah, put this chip into your, the heel of your hand and you'll never have to put in a password. You'll never have to have your, your uh, you know, a card to get into the office, you know, without also saying, and we'll know exactly where you are every At single moment of the day. And, um, but people are willing for convenience sake to give up their, uh, a sense of privacy. Right. And, um, you know, and people will go, oh, well, if you're not doing anything wrong, what do you care? If you're not committing a crime, what do you care? But I do care. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I get that, too. So um, out of curiosity, do you have a Facebook account? And oh, yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> but I, I only use it basically for business stuff. Yeah. And um, I, you know, I do love seeing pictures of, you know, my friend's kids or, They'll, they'll um, you know, like some of my people, uh, friends that I went to college with, they'll post a picture of all of us doing something stupid, you know, way back when. And it's fun to see that. But I don't use it to chat. 
Um, and um, basically because of that, right. I don't know, you know, I was a diary, I wrote diaries like crazy when I was a little kid. And I remember, and I know it sounds stupid, but there was a moment, I think when I was in college and I went home and my parents had put all my diaries in this box and they were moving. So I had to decide what to do with them. And I thought, I thought, oh my God, did my parents read these? Oh my God, you know? And, um, and then I got, I, I was just like, I don't want anyone to read them because where, who I was when I was 10 years old and the things that I was worried about, I would look at and go, oh my God, you know, but I burned them. Yeah. I burned them all. And would I want them back? I don't think so. Yeah. But I just thought, no, you know, this was meant to be my private world and I want to keep it private. Right. I hear you. I have some too that I need to burn. I burned some. I don't want my kids to read them. That That's my, <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. So on, on other notes, um, I, this is the beginning of a series. So what's the next book that you have planned? What's the, the title of that is, one? Is nine days. Okay. So it's going to go from 10 days down to nine days, eight days, seven days, six, five, four, three, two, one. Excellent. So, yeah. And, and that's my plan. So that's what I'll be doing for the next four or five years. How fun. <laughs> I love this so much. And, and we're, again, the book that we're talking about today is 10 Days by Joel Selbo. People can find you. You have a website. Um, it's just yes. drommel.com, I believe, correct? No, it's jewelselbo.com. Joel, why did I... <laughs> <laughs> see she's such a real character i actually actually went with her yeah, yeah there you go jewel selbo and that's j-u-l-e-s-e-l-b-o.com um do we know when the next book is kind of going to be available well i'm just finishing it now and um so then it'll have to go to some beta readers and then the editor will look at it and i'm hoping that it'll be out um uh you know in the late spring i'm crossing my fingers Awesome. And I've got my fingers crossed for, you know, a movie or a TV series, um, oh, because good. I think that would that would just be fantastic fun as well. Uh, I loved the book. It was just uh, all the things that I love in a book like this. Loved the characters. It was fast paced. There was mystery. Uh, pages turning. I read, read, read and loved it very much. Uh, you guys need to pick it up and give it a read. It is 10 Days by Jules Selbo. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Nice to talk to you again. And no, yeah, <laughs> we'll All be right. well. I, I hope that it, the weather stays good for you guys out there. Thank you. It's beautiful right now. That's for sure. Okay. We're having yeah, which is nice. We had a horrible drought summer, so we're just very grateful for normal fall. Um, yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening. Okay. Take care, Jewel. Bye bye. Bye bye.